Thank you for joining us at Cancer Perspective. Today we're going to give an overview of the process of diagnosing cancer and why it feels like it's taking so long. We've mentioned several things already, so today we'll just kind of take it a little bit further. We'll also review staging and prognosis. We'll review the process of diagnosis and get you to the point where you meet your oncology team. So in the process of diagnosing cancer, it starts with signs and symptoms. And signs and symptoms of cancer can be extremely vague. The majority of the length of time to getting to the diagnosis is almost always coming forward with a certain complaint to your primary care health team. So in the example of maybe a lung cancer, a person who has been a smoker might have a chronic cough and they've noticed a little change in their cough, but they believe they can attribute that to many different things. So many times when we have a certain complaint, we expect that it will go away soon. A sore throat or a scratchy throat it can be explained by dry air or the time or season of the year, and you expect things to go away. After months of having the change in a cough, that might then lead you to seeking more information from your physician. In the case of a person who's never smoked, it's the same thing. The cough that they might have might be attributed to many different things. The aches and pains might be attributed to age and overwork. So it is not unusual for someone to take time, even months, before seeking advice on a, a particular symptom. That then leads to more tests that a doctor's not going to say, oh my goodness, you have a cough, it must be cancer. But they might say, hmm, this warrants an x-ray, and then that x-ray might lead to more information. Or it might be that your healthcare team says, oh, well, try this antibiotic, or try a second round of antibiotics. There are many things that might be causing a cough that are not related to cancer. And in fact, it's not high on the list of uh, possibilities, especially if you are previously healthy. So this can take some time. The list of signs and symptoms of cancer on the American Cancer Society's website is long uh, and very vague. Fatigue or extreme tiredness that doesn't get better with rest. Weight loss or weight gain of 10 pounds or more with no known reason. Eating problems like not feeling hungry or trouble swallowing, belly pain, nausea or vomiting. Swelling or lumps anywhere in the body. Pain with no known reason that doesn't go away or gets worse. Skin changes. And then there's the cough or hoarseness, um, unusual bleeding, change in bowel habits, change in bladder habits, fever or night sweats, headaches, vision or hearing problems. So just about anything. And of course, your, your healthcare team is not going to make the first leap to cancer. So it takes some time. 
once a person is suspected to have cancer, then the, the process speeds up quite a bit. You will be asked to undergo some tests. Then we have delays to get those tests authorized by insurance and scheduling. It's very seldom that a cancer is a medical emergency. It might not appear that way when it's you that's undergoing the test for cancer. But most cancers are very slow growing. One study, mathematical model, identifies blood biomarker-based early cancer detection strategies and limitations. From 2011, said a cancer can be growing more than 10 years before a tumor marker, like we discussed in the last episode, would show any signs of, of elevation or changes to catch that cancer. We will link a copy of that study. If you can't find a link, please go to one of our social media sources where we will provide links for you. Cancer is not normal, so it doesn't have a specific rate of growth in the beginning and can be many years in growing. So when we're talking weeks to identify what the cancer is, it is extremely stressful and scary time for the individual and family going through the testing process. But most of that is, again, not an emergency, and we have time, so we do wait for the processes of going through the insurance authorization so that this can be uh, more affordable for the patient. You do not want to uh, end up with a financial burden on top of all of this. We also wait for the scheduling and that, especially in rural areas, can be quite um, delayed. But again, delays should be weeks, not months, um, hopefully just days. In some instances, we have what we call stack testing, and that is where a group of people within a certain tumor board or tumor diagnosis, um, for an example, um, GI cancers might have a um, GI for gastrointestinal, that's uh, anywhere from your gullet down to the other end of the, the body, where um, they might together as a team have a, uh, a medical oncologist, a radiation oncologist, a surgeon, uh, and other specialists that are specialized in the, the GI system all together in a room and say, okay, we're going to discuss your case, this is what we're going to order, and then we're all going to get it done within the next day or two, and everything is ordered right then and there and, and done within a very short period of time. That's an expediated plan of care, but not uh, as common as it should be at this point. But again, we're working towards that within the, the cancer system. Once the cancer is suspected, then the tests start, then you have to wait for those results as we discussed under um, the imaging results that lead to the more imaging possibly or more tests, the labs that lead to, okay, now we need a bone marrow biopsy or now we need to do this or that. 
Um, and then you put it all together and you come up with the pathology and then you can come up with the staging. So cancer staging is a way for oncology specialists to speak one language about a person's diagnosis. To learn about your stage, you have to go through all the tests that we've discussed. And then there are different types of cancers that have different types of staging. But today we're going to talk about the TNM staging, which is most common, um, but there are several others. There is a very large staging book put out by the American Joint Committee on Cancer, or AJCC, Cancer Staging System. And it is currently, as of 2022, in its eighth edition. It is constantly being reviewed by all the specialists and cancer centers across the country to make sure all information, including biomarkers and genomics or gene-specific types of information for each cancer, is included in the staging process. Not all of it uses the TNM system, but the majority does. The T refers to the size and extent or how far the tumor invades a different part of the tissue. So it's called the primary tumor and the T size. Um, you can have T1, 2, T3, T4, T1A, T, you know, it, it can be very, very specific. It doesn't mean it's a one centimeter or two centimeter lesion. Um, there is a usually a grade between each of those uh, numbers and letters that will allow the oncology team to identify how aggressive it looks. The N refers to the lymph nodes or nodes. Um, our lymph system helps carry away a lot of things within our tissues. When we have a sinus infection, a lymph node within our neck area might enlarge and carry away the garbage. Um, so that's what's supposed to happen. Our lymph nodes enlarge with infection as it carries the stuff away and then the nodes go back to uh, normal size. Cancer is trying to find a way out of its original area to go and find more places to live, to make a new being. Um, and so it loves to use the lymph system and so nodes or lymph nodes within the system um, can be tested to see if they have cancer. And we have hundreds and hundreds of lymph nodes within our body. And there is usually a pattern of how the cancer can travel. So for a breast cancer, you might have lymph nodes underneath the armpit that, because that's a great way for it to travel. If you have uh, abdominal cancer or pelvic cancers or a gynecologic or testicular type cancer, you might have lymph nodes in your groin that, that you get tested. So N1 or N2 uh, just identifies how many number and extent of the nearby lymph nodes that have cancer in them. And M refers to 
whether or not the cancer has metastasized. Remember, the, that means gotten to a different organ. So an early cancer would be T1, uh, the smallest possible, N0, or none of the nodes involved, and M0, no metastases, or um, you can see X in the, the, the N or the M, and that means, ah, oh, they didn't check that yet. That might mean you need more uh, scans or more tests. X means that it hasn't been measured or cannot be measured. A zero means that it cannot be found or was not found. The higher the number of one, two, three, and four, the more uh, aggressive or more tissue is invaded. And for metastases, it's either X cannot be measured or was not measured. Zero, it has not apparently spread to another part of the body or one, it has gone to the other part of the body. So using that, we can then stage it. There's a stage zero, and that is where there have been abnormal cells, and it has not apparently gone anywhere else. Stage zero is also called carcinoma in situ. It is not cancer, but likely to become cancer. So DCIS or LCIS is ductal carcinoma in situ of the breast or uh, lobular carcinoma in situ of the breast. It is sometimes found when a mammogram looks abnormal and they test and incidentally find an in situ. Then there's stage one and that is caught early, uh, does not appear to have gotten very far, then further is stage two, and then there's stage three, um, spread to more nearby tissues. Stage four means that the cancer has spread outside of its original area, that there has been some metastases. You can also hear words like localized, when you can't get a, a TNM stage or it doesn't use that staging, then you might hear different words like localized. It's limited to the place where it started, that no cancer has appeared to spread anywhere else. Regional, it's in one area and um, a little bit larger than localized. And then there's distant, it has definitely spread to different parts of the body. And then there's unknown. There is cancer of unknown origin. There's unknown staging, meaning have not been able to do all the appropriate testing to get to the final stage. Once a cancer is staged, it is that stage. If I were diagnosed with stage one melanoma, then that's my stage. If Later on, I have a recurrence, then my original cancer was still stage one, but now I might have a recurrent melanoma. When you have a stage four cancer, it is always a stage four cancer. You may improve 
where this the, the T size gets a lot smaller. There's no signs of any metastases. All signs of cancer has gone away. We still call it a stage four cancer. So if you are diagnosed with a stage four cancer, it is always a stage four cancer, even if the treatment that you undergo then shows no signs of cancer, we use the original staging to communicate about your cancer. So then there's tumor grades too, and a grade is the description on how abnormal the cells look underneath the microscope. If you hear the words well differentiated, means that cells are close to the original cells or they're close to what they should have been. So you can tell the difference between a cancerous breast cancer cell and a non-cancerous breast cancer cell, but it's still looking very much like a breast cancer cell. An undifferentiated cell or tumor, it's extremely abnormal and um, it no longer is resembling or looking very much like that breast cancer cell again. Usually the undifferentiated, or you also might hear the word poorly differentiated cells, spread at a faster rate than well differentiated. They've been there longer and they might uh, change faster. The pathologist might grade a tumor and it's not the same as a stage, but it gives more information. Their grading, though, goes from one, two, three, or four, and the grade one tumors are well organized and close to normal, where the grade three and four tumors tend to grow more rapidly and spread faster. You'll see these grading systems with the G, G1, G2. There's a GX that you cannot assess or um, it's undetermined. G1 is low grade, G4 is high grade. Different types of cancers will give different grading systems, like the breast cancer uses the Nottingham grading system, and they talk about mitotic rate, uh, nuclear grade, tubular formation. They use numbers to come up with a grade. Prostate cancer uses the Gleason score. You might get some more information based on, on those numbers. So then when you come up with the TNM and the grade and whatever else that the AJCC grading system directs your specific pathology to, then your team comes up with a very individualized type of treatment plan for you with the hope of eliminating cancer and keeping you as healthy as possible in the process. So we have the staging now and the grade and on a direction toward a plan of care. So you may be wondering about prognosis, and that's not an unfair question to ask, but there are many factors involved in prognosis. The type of cancer, your stage, your grade, your age and how healthy you were before you started this whole process, and how you are expected to respond to treatment. Your team will direct you on a prognosis, but again, what you're looking for is information about 
typically, what is the expected survival rate of your cancer end stage? Remember always that that is a group of people over a period of time that have little to do with the here and now and what you are going through specifically. So you can find statistics on your own cancer and stage, but discuss this with your healthcare team so that you are viewing this with your own uniqueness and what is being seen by everybody in the room that's having this discussion. You are not stamped with an end date on the bottom of your foot. So there is so much that goes into what is expected of a specific cancer and trajectory of what normally can happen, but those are just numbers. You are one individual and you are unique. So that ends this discussion on the process of coming up with a diagnosis and a stage. Another episode that is full of a lot of medical jargon that I throw to you to help you interpret what your team is saying to you. Um, and the more you hear these things, the more you'll become more familiar with them. You can get your pathology and your staging reports. You can ask for information so that you can see these things in paper. And then you can even follow along with the next process, which is coming up with a treatment plan. Often that can be found, like we discussed in a previous episode, on the often used national guidelines from the National Comprehensive Cancer Network, or nccn.org. Um, and from the staging and the grading there are specific recommendations from the most knowledgeable group of people to help direct you to a safe and effective plan of care. So thank you for joining us on this, uh, this technical episode, and I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing meeting the oncology team and what to bring to the table, how to listen, and how to ask questions what questions to ask. In the meantime, I'm always looking for your comments and feedback so we can improve on our content. Thank you for joining us. Take care and spread kindness.